This is the Gary V Audio Experience. Cause we're gonna be What, what can I answer for you? So I've got a good concept of where I think most of your p- people are. Two prong really. Number one, how do we hit big, big businesses in terms of getting in with a person you need to speak to? Well, why do you want to get into big businesses? Because that's the, them are the people that are already paying money to the government right now. So I think, I totally understand. So I think you do it, I, you know, it's gonna be interesting. There's gonna be a lot of similar answers. I would do unlimited LinkedIn content yep. with paid LinkedIn ads directly against the people you want. So if you want RBS Bank, I would literally make a video or a white paper or an article that would write, does the banking community, because you don't go directly RBS, because you can get others, does the banking community in the UK understand on average they're throwing away 3.7 million pounds, you gotta do some homework. Um, You know, this is crazy, just last year, blah, 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 HSBC wasted two million. We've got the solution and literally, I would target those ads against the CFOs and HR. It's interesting to have Alan here and his HR friend. Like literally the HR executive, Alan's my CFO. CFOs and HR people against the companies that you're trying to reach. And I would do that 50 times. So it's funny to have Andy here. We were filming something the other day. Like we're like to me, it's all contextual content against media spend. So what my team has done very well is they take content I naturally do, hence I'm filling it, and then we do ad spend. But then once in a while they'll ask me to film something, and they're like, "Hey, we need an Instagram swipe up ad for this." And then I like every time yell at them and say, guys, I'm right here. So let me, instead of like doing swipe up and buy my sneakers, it could be like, hey Mexico, swipe up and buy my sneakers. Because just by doing that and then targeting Mexico, the ads are gonna convert differently. So if you noticed, what most people will do is, hey London or Britain or Europe, did you know that there's this law? What I want you to do is make literally the same video 87 times. Does the banking community, like you start with, if you notice what I'm doing with the video, I'm not giving anybody a, se- I got three seconds. Yeah. Hey banking community, boom, now they're stopped. The title says the wording is banking, this is banking, and they're a banking HR and CFO executive. Do you understand? Yeah. It's literally that. And by the way, that obviously, as you can imagine, works for most of you. You want to get distribution on a cruise line because you don't have it for the corn yet? You go, hey, cruise executives. Like, literally, it's really scary how universal that advice is, but that's what I would do. LinkedIn ads, which are overpriced in my opinion, but are so, actually, it'd be unfair. I call them overpriced because they have a floor. It's not a marketplace the way Facebook is, so you can't, (laughs) you know, like, it's overpriced in the fact that what's amazing about Facebook and Instagram and Google and all the things, quant advertisers, somebody who spends six million on something, whether it's iAds back in the day or in-game or whatever it may be, when you, we're, him and I are always gonna love something that starts at zero and the market makes it go to $80 because moments in time allow for things to be grossly underpriced. What we hate is the way that you know, News Corp sells, which is you try to buy an ad in the sun and it's 15,000, they've inflated the floor. Google, LinkedIn is an inflated floor. However, if you are a B2B marketer, there is a disproportional value prop 
and it, in essence, I even am correcting myself, it's, if it's inflated but it converts, it's not inflated by definition. I think it will work for you. Media always, being a content and being media always trumps advertising. That's what you both have felt. Secondary point then, how do we distinguish from being that business person there to, to top executives? How does the content have to change then if I'm going direct to a consumer then who wants to be a personal trainer? Un- unbelievably, first of all, you immediately leave LinkedIn. Yeah. You go directly into Instagram. You go to Instagram stories, because I think they're grossly underpriced, and you do swipe up campaigns against trainers, and as I think we all know, the entire fitness community is living in Instagram. Yeah, yeah, yeah it definitely is that. And then again, you can do something, literally the content or the spokesperson addresses a female trainer, a part-time female trainer, a full-time female trainer, a full-time male trainer, a part-time male trainer, uh, trainers that work at gyms and you're trying to encourage them to leave. I mean, there's, you know, as you can see, the, the big thing that I don't think people have understood, and to be very frank, is now becoming a new conversation even amongst my team and definitely VaynerMedia itself, is the vulnerability and the thing that everybody has to close the gap on is the volume of content. It's the content, right? Like again, and I'm using him only because he's so quant-based. If you know anything about gaming, it's like, it's fucking math. <laughs> what, what the math kids, why math kids lose to a guy like me that doesn't rely on math is I know that the art is a much bigger factor than they want to admit because math kids don't want art to matter and art kids don't want math to matter, but they both matter. And they matter equally. And when I, when I say equally, if you actually disproportionately respect the math and the art equally and you make them play together, like a diamond in that friction is all the magic. For you two, the next frontier is math. Mm. Is running your paid media better? Is targeting employee, is it, employees is back on Facebook, right Andy? Yeah, I was gonna jump in. It, it's, the targeting options are always fluctuating, but they introduce employees out back. Right, so you're gonna be able to use employees like LinkedIn. You guys can literally get every single person that works at IDEO to know who you are. Tomorrow. You could. And of course, 80% of them are gonna be elitist and be like, fuck these gals, but 20 are not. Yeah. Yeah. And in those 20 is a lot of opportunity for you. Of people you wanna to recruit to work for you one day because they're tired of that, or they just love you and it's a gal executive who like somebody comes in and the idea is too expensive and they're like, you know who you should go check out? You know how it works? Got it? Planning's the key though, isn't it? Making sure, because if I'm getting one person in for one day, an influencer for example, to do the filming, I need to know prior what bit, same content, how many times and what I need to do, don't I? To that person and yes. if you want to use them as the ad? Yes. 100%. So planning is the key. Planning up front is the key. It's a, it's a modern day production schedule that doesn't exist, that we're trying to introduce in our company, which I used an example with my Budweiser team the other day. I'm like, you're gonna have Adam Driver, the actor, and you're gonna do this incredible video, which they did. I'm like, but when you're there, my team knows now to make 80 pieces of content, not just one, but I threw a curveball at them. I'm like, no, no, also bring a soccer ball that has nothing to do with anything, and just like, I don't know, like kick a soccer ball at a bottle of Budweiser and film that too, you're there anyway. Like the volume is the game. So I first got them from 
okay, Adam Driver's here, let's make a one three minute film that's amazing but 300,000. Also while you're there, take 88 pictures with him, take the scenes of it, create the collateral, the sawdust, make 94 pieces of content, cool. So we're at some level there to not there at Vayner. Now I'm introducing Cool. And while you're there, bring an umbrella, a soccer ball, bring, bring four actors, uh, you know, African American, Latino, you know, Pacific Asian, like, like, leave there with 947 pieces of content, around 37 pillars of different, like, brand pillars, not just the interpretation of the one thing you're doing. We're we're filming a Super Bowl spot with Sharice uh, Theron for Budweiser, but like, while you're there for two fucking days, instead of everybody like looking at each other and fucking jerking off and doing shit, which is what happened. I mean, I literally can't go look at a production shoot for VaynerMedia or any other production company in the world because it is the stupidest shit of all time. Like, I don't know what to say, there's tons of people, I mean, doing nothing. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. Like, how much, how much of what you're making are you actually distributing? Like, is it ever, like? Me, Gary, or Vayner? Uh, Both, me. Uh, that's funny you bring that up because we were just having that discussion literally as I was walking in here. Um, I would say when, so first of all, the team has control of things. So there's certain things that are being posted. I'm completely 100% in control of my Instagram. I'm, for the first time, only 98% in control of my Twitter because I'm doing this, if you follow me on Twitter, this add your two cents. It's longer form Twitter. You can't upload natively anything over a minute in video, so they have to do it for my four minute clips and this, that got me to the first time ever of like, you know what, you guys post it. And you, I can't post it anyway. You'll post it. But in essence, I'm 100% control of Twitter and Instagram. Of that, probably, I would say 70, 60% of what you guys are sending me, I'm posting, Instagram's the funny debate because I'm spending a lot of time there and I have to really feel it and in their production, a lot of times they'll miss what I'm feeling and thus I won't put it or I'm cool with it, perfect, which is easy or I figured out how to support it with the copy that I write to make it post but you asked a very important question. One would say, oh my God, I have 20 people working, designers, video people, they're working all day, they're making stuff, and I'm only posting half. Let's go with that. That's unbelievably inefficient. I would argue it's not. I would argue the fact that we're just making, it's unbelievably efficient, that if, even if I don't post it, and then that's why we created the Team Gary V account, because we're like, fuck, we have it. Well, let's post it somewhere. So that's been working. Like, to me, versus me coming in and being the bottleneck up front, I'd rather just be the toll booth at the end and then be thoughtful and see how I evolved by me being smart of not being the bottleneck up front, which is what everybody does, because it's all ego. And as a human, it's really intense. But even as brands, Adidas or Juice or Corn, like they, it's all ego. Um, things don't get posted. People overthink the living shit out of the content they post. Like it's completely insecurity. It's overthinking. It's ego, it's all bad. Um, and then what we did was we evolved and realized, oh shit, even in the fifty percent that we're not posting, we figured out a way to innovate and create Team Gary V to post that so we became less inefficient. That's your answer. Yeah, yeah. 
And so you've talked a lot about not monetizing your audience. Yes. And then we like we're big believers in that, but like you've gone honest. you've gone there, and I think and listen, and and I know that I I could have I really wish I could have told everybody what I thought your question was gonna be, because I knew this was gonna be your question, yeah. and you'll oh. never believe why. <laughs> it was why I listen up front. You know, like there's a post I have right now where I'm really interrupting somebody, and I always laugh. I'm so good at listening it makes me seem like I'm not listening. <laughs> I'm always interrupting because I want to get to the value punchline. Like, I knew you were going to ask that because you said that people are making hundreds of thousands of dollars on the back of your thing, so I knew that you cared about it and you were worried about it and then that, that was your justification to why it's okay. <laughs> I know I'm right. Um, but I, it makes me happy because it means your intent is right and that already means you're good. Uh, so I talk about not monetizing my audience, but I need to do a better job of clarifying it and that's why these settings are good and it's why my evolution is good. For example, uh, a video I'm about to post, oh, a hack we came up with literally just a week ago was we realized, and we brought it up before, but we got serious about it just maybe a week or two ago, they are no longer entitling any of my Instagram meme content, I am. That's where I was getting hurt. It didn't feel right, and all I have to do, which takes time that I don't have, is now they're sending me the raw videos, I'm titling it, sending it back, then they're sending it back, and we've seen real success. Um, In that, I titled one yesterday on the way to London called, When You Give, Give, When You Sell, Sell. So, couple things. One, I don't monetize my audience, but I'm very comfortable to ask for people to buy sneakers, books, and soon a wine. So I do. It's just I don't monetize my information, which is a clarity. You're you're monetizing your information, which I don't think is a problem. I think the reason I feel so good about what you're doing is I can tell your intent is right, and the only vulnerability you have, and I don't sense that either from you, is you just have to not be full of shit. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. I don't know what to tell you. Like, like the reason I've pushed so back on, you know, people monetizing is I'm going after the lowest common denominator kind of life coach who has nothing to bring and went to like a top of the funnel conversion conference and wants to just be that guy. Yeah. We know what we're talking about. Yeah. You guys are professionals. You did something. It's look. This took me. This took me years to do this what I'm doing. I don't feel unbelievable about everybody here. It had to be VaynerMedia, not me. You're all here because of me. I then coerced it to be more VaynerMedia, which on that 10,000 that I could keep for myself, I'm getting you know 187 bucks after, you know, and that was important for me. Yeah. I'm okay with that, but I needed that. Even though this could be a $50 million business, like my whole life could be this. Yeah. More. Like, like, I can have the biggest mastermind of them all. Um, so A, you have to be okay with it. I, I'm okay with this and I'm not okay with a $50 million mastermind. Yeah. I feel like if, you feel, if you, you feel like you have a skill set, I think design sprints is a very good genre. Mm-hmm. I think what you need to think about is where you're gonna get caught, and a couple of you, is always think about brand over sales. So for example, you're busy now and you've made hundred and you know, how long have you had the thing overall? The online, the no, the whole company itself. Like six years. Right. But so I know, I know, I'm about to jump in. In six months for you to generate something that creates half the revenue of something that's six years old, it's not and think about how easy it is versus how hard the other half is, it's going to do what what you're gonna go through 
is what I go through every day. This whole thing, the entire VaynerX world, not just VaynerMedia, the pure wow stuff, the 137, and you'll be seeing me announce a lot of companies in the next six months, it's all not smart in the short-term finances for me. None of it. This has been a waste of my time for the last seven years of the prime of my career. You don't like giving up you know, 36 to 43 during an economic boom. The discipline it's taken me to know that I'm building a framework for 50 years during a very good time in my life, which has also forced me to travel while I have kids. I'm in my prime, I have plenty of energy, I'm not sick, everything's good. This is golden years, like you can do a lot of damage and the economy's been frothy. Scumbuckets are making tens of million on <laughs> cryptocurrency fraud, right? So, so the, I will never, I will be so revered in 40 years when people look back at the level of discipline that I deployed during the amount of opportunity that's in front of me. That's what I want you to do. What do I mean by that? While you make your product better, run ads to convert more, and all that stuff, you equally, to really answer your real question, have to allocate one to two hours a day to do podcasts to put a flag in the ground around design sprints. Yeah. Which bring you zero ROI in the short term. Yeah. yeah. Our podcast is doing really well. Not your podcast. Oh. You need distribution. <laughs> you need to go on other podcasts oh, yeah. and spread your mes- message. Yeah, yeah. Do you think we should just... Seven times in a row, you don't. Yeah. And then one time you do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's okay to sell as long as you're not disguising it as you're trying to help people. Yeah, right, that's what we don't want. That's it. Like, I love selling, but just don't be full of shit. Like, I love when I go into sales mode because some of my fans get really mad. They're like, oh! And I'm like, I laugh. I'm like, no, no, I'm not making you buy this. I'm not one of those funnel people where you come in, it seems like I'm giving you good information, then it stops and says, and if you want the real, real good stuff, put in your credit card and get the next two hours of this video. No, no, you're more than, like, I'm pumped that people have never bought a bottle of wine from Wine Library, a sneaker from K-Swiss, and four Ds. Like, I'm thrilled. Don't even know. Don't spend a second on it, have no knowledge. Just know how big my audience is compared to my conversion, and I know a whole lot don't. Doesn't even cross my mind. Got it? Yeah. When you give, you give. Yeah. When you sell, you sell. Yeah. yeah. Don't mix them. That's why I wrote jab, 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 right hook. Some people, most people, salespeople, needed to learn about jabbing. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but ironically, a lot of very awesome people and very sweet people and very good people really needed to learn how to sell. Yeah. Like, they're like, Gary, your model doesn't work. I'm like, did you ask to sell anything? Well, no, I'm uncomfortable to ask. I'm like, that's your problem. <laughs> like, if you always give and never ask, and it's ask, it's not take, it's not steal, it's not manipulate, it's not cohort, it's not trick, it's ask. Mm-hmm. Like, in a month you're gonna see, I'm starting a wine project, I'd like you to buy it. If you don't, you don't. Like, I don't know, let's, we're back to our scheduling regular program of like free content around business. Like, if you buy wine, like, sneak, why I like sneak sneakers is like people buy sneakers. So like if you know like if you're like if I if I brought you value, if there is a brand association, if you like the way they look and it's a 50-50 toss between you normally wear Adidas and you're willing to buy K-Swiss, well that's a good thing. That's how I can get that sale. But it's not like all of a sudden tomorrow I'm no longer putting out the level of, like all of a sudden you notice I'm not putting out content anymore 
it's not as good when I do, it feels more promotional to something that's coming and that is to be paid for. It'd be like what you're doing all of a sudden if that was a pay-per-view show, not just the way you got it. If all of a sudden you're doing this, if you're doing it for just brand, which it seems like you are, and it's gonna be on YouTube and Facebook, then that's great. But if if all of a sudden it wasn't and it was $9.99 to subscribe to it, that would be like, oh shit, that feels a little like you did all, what people don't want is you did all this for this. You were tricking me. So sometimes people interpret that when I'm selling sneakers and I jump into the comments, I'm like, you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> I'm like, you're, that's why I went so hardcore between you know, my content and the things that I sell. That's why this was harder because this is far more associated than sneakers and wines, which is why I had to make it vainer, not me. Make sense? Yeah. See the patterns? Yeah. Question. That's what this is for. <laughs> um, so I, uh, Laura and I work with um, our CEO very directly, um, and he is a person who is quite similar to you. So he is handsome. Yeah. Modest. So wait, wait, wait. Talk to me about this. This is a new dynamic. There's a CEO to this company. You're yeah. both employees of this company. People head up like two different parts of the company directly yeah. under the owner, the company owner. I understand. You have no equity, either one of you, in the company? Not yet. Understand. (laughs) (laughs) Go ahead. Go ahead. So basically, um, he is like high energy, like very intelligent, super um, uh, switched on on all the time, has a lot of ideas, right? Um, A lot of people in the company, I think everyone. How many people are in the company? We are like 15 to 18. Keep going. Yeah, um, a lot of people in the company find it actually quite difficult to, to work with him. Makes sense. Because he comes in, he it's runs, he runs yeah. around and yells ideas at you and you're like, great, I only have 800 other yes. things going on. So what I'm wondering is... Um, uh, does, he, does he do anything practical? I mean this, this is a really important question and we won't use it, like this, I need the answer to this. Like, I do that, but what makes me palpable to my team is I also do practical things, thus it offsets, it becomes more creative and entrepreneurial versus disruptive and a clown and a caricature. Do you mean practical, like, uh, do you mean that you're like in client meetings, like talking mm-hmm. I'm in HR meetings, I'm in finance yeah. meetings, I sell, I like, you know, like, yeah. like people take credit for things that I actually did because I, did a meeting at 10 o'clock to midnight with an executive to get us that business. Right. Like when put when we when we go naked, all of a sudden everybody will realize, for example, it took people a little while. People like you guys in the outside would say, Gary is the CEO of VaynerMedia, has people running that company and he's Gary V. What people on the inside know is not only is that not true and I'm the CEO of the company, I'm also really the COO. Like if you asked Alan, you know, you know we're seeing like if you ask him, he'll tell you. Like I'm the COO and CEO. That's what makes me being ridiculous palpable. I'm actually executing. Okay. That's a very important thing. That's where people like me are accepted by the org versus not. So what would be your advice for somebody who's in our position who like we're both we're like very hardworking, we're super dedicated, we, we want to do a really good job. Like what's our best way to um, like uh, I don't know, do best at the company if 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 we're constantly kind of feeling like what, what does best mean? Does that mean like work best with work best with someone like you? Yeah. Why do you want to? 
I think, well, the company is completely similar to you, like, completely independently owned. So everything yeah. is, like, at the, like, there's a lot of opportunity. Opportunity to, and also we can come with, like, we can literally change the face of it. Well, is he, you know, this is where, you know, so it was really interesting. Somebody, uh, somebody, I made a decision yesterday on the flight out here to never say that I have narcissistic tendencies. Because I say that at times about being, like, an extrovert and being out there. Somebody left a comment. Uh, in a YouTube video that I was reading yesterday that said fucking narcissist, right? In a negative way. And I was like, huh, sometimes I say that about myself. It might be a good idea for me to actually look up what a narcissist is. <laughs> and when I looked it up, I was like, oh shit, I'm only four of these 12 things and the eight of them are terrible. Like insecure, <laughs> fear, like, like I was like, I'm not that at all. Yeah. And so I'm like, I'm not gonna use that anymore. I'm gonna stick more with in, uh, extrovert because I'm giving permission for people to believe that truth when, wow, I didn't realize how off that is yeah. for what I actually am. Yeah. Um, this is leading me to this question. This is why I painted that picture. Is this an individual that you can have a candorous conversation with or will that be the worst? Mm, I think you feel like I can. Yeah. Well, then you have to. Yeah. That's your answer. Yeah. The answer is we don't debate it here in a, in a conversation. The answer is you sit down and have dinner and say we're at a crossroads where we think this company's going to the next level. We, us, maybe there's a third, we think we're a big part of it. I want to be, unbel- like I like you and you're likable and I want to be here because my main question is why do you want to because my main thing was like why don't you go do this yourself. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to do it with him because you do see the values of it, you articulate it. Whether he changes or not, it's on the record. Mm-hmm. It's something you can point to on Thursday. If you and I have dinner and you're like, Gary, you get a little ridiculous sometimes and like, and so like, then I come in and start getting ridiculous and you can look at me and I'm like, oh shit, you're talking about last Thursday's dinner, aren't you? <laughs> it helps. You haven't laid down the context. Yeah. You need, to, the answer to your question is radical candor. Yeah. 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 We'll just have Scott on my phone. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So I think you have to do that. I think the question becomes, that can go one of two ways. It unbelievably works with me. I love when people come with radical candor with me for two reasons. One, 25% of the time they're right. 75% of the time I can tell them what's actually happening that they're confused by, right? When you have employees, like, we, like everybody here judges me. But they have no context. And it's not their fault. I'm not, I don't think they're stupid. I think I'm looking down and they're looking up. When you look down from an airplane at the UK, you can see a lot more than when you're in this office. So I love it because 25% of the time they can see my humility and I'm appreciative and I can see their smarts and we move forward and it builds a real relationship. 75% of the time it reinforces my genius or uniqueness to them. Because you take somebody smart who cares, who's willing to give you radical candor and then you throw something at them that they never thought of and they're like, fuck, that's true? Shit, it gives them confidence in their leader. It's an amazing, like I only, I tell my company all the time, I wanna be the reverse of the emperor with no clothes because the second you walk into my office, we've won. It's either gonna be 25%, you're 100% right and you can see my humility and acceptance or 75% of the time you're gonna walk out being more confident in me. You should have that meeting to figure out if that's the framework or if it's insecurity, which leads to like, get the fuck out of here, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. When you own your own business, like, it, it manifests different. Yeah. I can say when you own your own business, you'll understand in a far more professional way by bringing them respect and explaining it to them versus being hyperbolized in that moment. That's difficult. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and I think it is difficult, but I think, you know, for me, 
it's why I'm successful. Like everything good should be difficult. You know, like when people are like, man, you deploy so much humility for your position. I'm like, yeah, but that's why I'm like just starting. <laughs> the hardest things lead to the best results. What are you most worried about in your team capacity? Like, or the kind of organization? What's your biggest worry just then? I mean, my, my biggest worry is losing somebody who's good because they're confused on what's going on. But that's on me, not on them. Yeah. And just knowing that I can't get to everything all the time, always, but I can to the best of my ability, and, and that's that. Mm-hmm. But at 18, it's like, I would rip my arm off to have 18 employees, it'd be so easy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. it's nice for a nice If you had to build a social media team of three people, what would their roles be? Writer, creator of video and pictures, and distributor of the content with a backbone in paid distribution. A writer, a creative who does video and pictures. <laughs> Everyone's super happy. One person has to write, one person has to create the video and pictures, and one person has to know how to distribute it contextually to the places where the attention is. Yes, I, I would have that person grounded and paid. I mean, Everyone's ideological about organic, but to me it's like when, a de- when there's something to buy that's a deal and you have the money, yeah. buy it. Yeah. And that's what I think Facebook and Instagram ads are right now. Are, but are you looking for people who are like, who can do all of these, th- like someone like DRock? Who's like. And the way I look at DRock is I do think video and, 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 uh, create uh, pictures, Uh, what am I looking for? Graphic, Graphic, thank you. I think video and graphic, like I think people separate those two, I put them in one, but I do not think somebody that has a creative eye or is a designer, a videographer or designer, let's go very literal, I do think should be in one predator, right? You know, you know, produce, edit, like in one. I do think, and I've seen with DRock and others, Caleb, you can video, you can post-produce a video, you can also make pictures. I believe that is one person. It is more rare for that same person to also be a great copywriter. Yeah. It is more rare for that person to also be able to be great at Facebook and Instagram ads or distribution. That's right. So I'm comfortable in those being your very literal answer, those, that is the triangle. And when I talk once in a while, depending on how heavy you guys watch my content, about my 20 person team, I know I only need three. Okay. I do 20 because I want them to all disperse into other parts of the company eventually. Mm-hmm. And I'm doing some other shit, like random stuff, like, but. Cool. Yeah, when I hear people like, that's the team. Yeah. That's the triangle. And writers, and, but, they're but writing it, captions, they're writing titles, they're writing descriptions, all that. They're, they're transcribing from videos into a LinkedIn article. Right. Like, yeah. you know, that kind of stuff. Somebody had to write that 88-page deck that we put out, you know? You gotta put words to things. You gotta put pictures and videos to things. You have to know how to get people to see them. Very basic. Cool. So you're saying that one person does all of those things then? No, I'm saying three people should do those things. Listen, you know what's ironic? I was that person. I was that person at Wine Library. That's what was so hard for me on VaynerMedia. I did everything. Mm-hmm. I didn't know there was, and then there's also strategists, like probably the, like the most impactful thing I do, and I think the thing that Andy has developed into is there's a strategy too, like what are you, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> like, and then there's macro strategy of like, should you guys work there? Like it gets really like, yeah. you know, or like where you could see where I'm going. Like I'm already like, cool, I know what you're about to ask, but also like strategy? Yeah. 
is like, dude, you need to create a product line named after your grandfather or daughter and fucking put real 20% energy always because what if Adidas sells to fucking Supreme in six years and they cancel your contract? Yeah, that's why we have started actually. Chandler CEO last year, 18 months ago, a lot of uncertainty. First reaction, on brand. Always. By the way, I hate when when, uh, uncertainty is the driver to that. Um, my, it's, it always makes sense, but in my keynotes I always say, raise your hand if you're having your best year. People raise their hand, I'm like, you're the ones I'm most worried about. Notice how uncertainty got you to, oh shit, we should have a hedge. I'm most worried about everybody here who's doing the best because they're not thinking about hedge because it's working. Those, that sales machine is feeding me. That company signed a six year deal, bless you. Six years is like fucking six minutes. Yeah, I'm aware. Like I see it every day. You know, what I'm good at is pattern recognition of business over the last 25 years. Mine and others. I've done, <coughs> bless you, small business, family business. I was in Silicon Valley. I did Madison Avenue for a reason. I knew nothing about corporations. I couldn't speak smartly seven years ago about Nike and Adidas. Now I can tell you everything. Now I'm dangerous. Now I've got the blueprint across all entrepreneur, SMB, Silicon Valley Tech, and Fortune 500. Now I understand everybody's strengths and weaknesses. Now I can start my career at 50. That's the plan. So when I talk about patience, I'm like, think about what I just said. And all the while, the most important thing that I want people to learn from me, didn't make money. Built a business for my dad, had no money. VaynerMedia, my brother, Steve Ross, not making any margin, not making money. Not making money, up to 50, I am. People are like, cool, how do you have a Hamptons house? How do you like, yes, I'm making money, but I'm leaving 90% of the economics on the table. And so cool, I'm talented, so I had bigger numbers, but like, it's still the thesis. So if you're not as talented as me, and you're making 50K when you were worth 400K, but if you follow my model, you're gonna make 4 million. Now you can get hit by a tree, you could die. Like I understand, you can get divorced and lose half and like change your, like there's nothing that's foolproof. But there are, <laughs> it's, I always use fitness because it's easier for people to grasp. Like if you eat right and exercise, yeah, you could get cancer. You could like, you, you know, you might have a body, like I don't, I don't have a body type for a chest, Dio does. Like, like there's certain things that are gonna happen. Like I'm putting in the work but I'm not gonna have a nice good chest. Dio doesn't, does like one push up and has a chest. You know, like, he's putting in real work but, but there's body types, we all know it, right? Like some people starve themselves and still are chunky and big bone, but, 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 the reality is do, there is certain things that are black and white right. Learning, contexting, understanding. My biggest concern in this macro room is the economy's been good. Yeah, me too. The economy's been good for a decade. Globally, you know, every market's a little different. Ukraine's a little different in London, the U.S. But like, in the macro, the whole world has become full of shit and doesn't want to pay the piper. And that's gonna like we should absolutely, on merit, have a global depression because the whole world is full of shit. Yeah. And that could happen. Yeah. Like I think a whole lot about like the biggest thing that keeps me safe is I'm willing to live in this room with my family. And that's cool. 
That's why, that's why I'm pushing everybody not to be fancy because I know they're about to have to not be fancy. They're not gonna worry about fucking Yeezys and Supremes and gold watches. They're gonna be worried about fucking putting food on their table. Like that gets real, like that's a, that's a spectrum boy. Like go read the Roaring Twenties. Go look at how everybody in the world lived in the Twenties. You'll get real scared real fast. You'll get real scared real fast because you know how the 30s and 40s played out. We're headed, so I think like I think about a lot of that shit. I mean, I think that, that that's keeping me <laughs> up at night a little bit about next year. We, we're we're you know, you know marching on to Brexit. Whatever your views on it are, uh, there is a lot of uncertainty. And yep. I'm in a service business. Yep. That's why I'm trying to pivot very quickly into a products business. Even that's gonna be impacted. And let me tell you why I'm so heavy to push everybody here on building a personal brand. It is the best asset to have during a shitty time. Because you'll be able to get a job. <laughs> like, like what, what will work for you by building an HR personal brand is God forbid when it all hits the fan, IBM still may hire you for 50 cents on the dollar of their last HR executive, but you'll be at the top of the list. Like, this, like if you really play a depression, immigrant, like doomsday model, like I do, like I have, I'm like old school fucking Eastern European, like I have cash buried in the backyard shit. <laughs> I do. Like my financial advisors get so mad at me. They're like, you're so right about so much. You could be making so much more money if you didn't take that, ca- why don't you take that cat? You're publicly saying to invest in Netflix and Amazon, you're sitting on cash with no interest. If you would have put that into Amazon and Netflix, you'd have twice as much money. I'm like, yeah, but guess what? I slept really good at night because if the whole fucking world collapsed, I know I have a million bucks in cash, which could be worth $38, but suddenly worth, <laughs> it's still gonna be better than zero or negative zero, which everybody else is gonna go to because everyone's over leveraged. Yeah. That's the vulnerability of a young kid that hit the right timing. Yeah. Like, you're not gonna find any investor. You're not gonna be, the, the property you invested in that was prime goes to very low. God forbid you have any loans, like people don't get it. And I wanna talk about that shit. And you're in control as well. Yeah, I mean, and, and then the other thing is that's why then I, money's one thing because if all the money's worthless, there's that. It's mindset. It's like really getting to a place that you're okay in living a peasant life. I mean it. Well, step by step, I mean, we were discussing yesterday when you told me you have an investor. We built the business, we have no loan. Me and my it's father. huge. 1994, we started, we are self financed. It's huge. It's huge. And the biggest thing that happens in CPGs in today's world, like the biggest reason I left VC Silicon Valley and push against it is everybody thinks that's the right thing to do. It's not that they, they don't even, it's not that they're, like, they don't even know any different. Like, there is no under 35 year old in the world that thinks going to a bank for a loan is the move. Everybody over 50 thought that was the move. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everyone's obsessed, aren't they, with raising money? It's slavery. <laughs> yeah, and, because they don't realize what's happening. Yeah. Like, Gavin will tell you, I was in Nourish, like, you get kicked out of your own company. Yeah. People don't understand what actually happens. What's your view on the, we've been looking at? And I apologize real quick. And also what happens is you're building a company in a fake environment. You're losing money every month but you think you're building something. Then something bad happens. You have to raise more capital and it changes the cap table to you getting paid last. And then your company sells and you made no money. People are not smart. I don't know what to say. And so like, I have a communication style 
that penetrates, and so I'm trying to use it for good, <laughs> like to help people, because you think I'm popular now, wait till shit hits the fan. I'm gonna be the most popular. Because the 10% that are alive are gonna be alive because they listened to me and did something completely different, and the 90% wish they listened to me. <laughs> or $6 just to like, you know, like, like that's, you know? Yeah, or just to, that's how much the market is in a melted down world. But six, you know, but guess what? $6 acts like a million because everything comes down together. And I think it's $12, not six, you know? my great moment in my career will be the next economic downturn. Because, oh, yeah, please. I was just gonna ask, why are you using the, like, the agency model when the, when the model is like such lower margins? And- because I'm not building an agency. Because I'm building this for internal IP and then I'm gonna convert it inside out. So here's what's gonna happen. When the world melts, AT&T and BMW and Evian and Tesco are all gonna hire VaynerMedia because what's gonna happen is their marketing budget's gonna go from 100 million to 12. And they're gonna need that 12 to work really hard. And we're established as knowing how to do that. And the only reason people don't go with us now is because money's easy and they don't have to do the right work so they can give the money to their buddy or the person that takes them to fucking the Manchester United game on the field. Got it? When they can't do that anymore, they're gonna give it all to us. I'm gonna get all that so this machine that is stupid now gets really smart because we'll go from 280 to 590 in revenue in 24 months. It'll be profitable revenue because the world will melt and I'll be able to hire all the people from other agencies for 25 cents on the dollar. At the same time, a bunch of companies are gonna be over leveraged and I'm gonna go out of business and I'm gonna be able to buy those businesses with the cash flow of the 590 at higher revenue. Then the economy's gonna turn back in 12 years and I'll be able to sell those businesses at the frothy end and buy the Jets. Super Bowls. You see what I'm doing? I'm playing the reverse game. So everybody thinks it's stupid now because they don't understand it's overvalued. Then it's gonna seem very smart. And then I'm able to show this video and be like, it wasn't an accident. Which will only compound the smarts of it. And I'll be 62 and have 40 years to play all on the equity of like pulling off a billion dollar thing on smarts, not luck on humility of eating shit for a decade in my prime, right? Like, kids are gonna watch these videos and be like, he was fucking 39, he was 42. Like, I'm 26 and he was patient, that's why it worked, I'm gonna do that. Nobody's ever seen anybody play it. We didn't get to watch Steve Jobs' first nine years. And not that I'm that or this and that, it's just like we didn't get to see Bezos packing books. Do you know how powerful it would be right now? How many views do you think? 89. How many? You know, how many views do you think if Jeff Bezos was doing a vlog, those first 50 episodes of him packing books in a fucking garage would have? A dri- 80 million? Maybe 14 billion? Right? Everybody would watch it. I mean, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, how'd you like to watch Michael Jordan's first three off seasons and the work he put in? So, there's a lot of thought that goes into what I do that I don't speak about or I show glimpses of and things like this. My team talks a lot about like me not talking about being smart. As you guys know, like none of my content is predicated on being smart. That's just gonna speak for itself when it's all said and done. I don't need people to think I'm smart. 
Can we just ask you about that funding? You talked about obviously companies taking funding and the negatives around that. We've been looking at an investor recently. Yep. Not in the debt capacity, so someone's, but someone actually approached us to buy the company. Yep. And they said we're not ready. Yep. And then we, they said, well, how about we buy a small percentage? Yep. Could we get a cash injection? Yep. Like we have zero debt and cash generally. But if we bring in a million quid, say, yep. I can scale, like hyperscale this year, and there's a land grab going on in my space. Yeah, I mean, look, I think I think it all depends on the terms of the yeah. deal. Okay, yeah. Like, I haven't, VaynerMedia, you know, Steve Russell's fucking 40% of my company. Yeah. It's just I've never had a meeting with him about the company. Yeah, I'm with you, yeah. So like, if you take a million quib and you never have to answer to anybody, like, like to me, the biggest reason not to take an investor exactly. is prepping for a meeting every quarter. Yeah. yeah, okay. Alan will tell you that I don't even want to talk to him. He's my own CFO. <laughs> so I want to navigate okay. and not answer to anybody. Like, yeah. if you have to answer to them why you did anything, yeah. that becomes an energy suck. Yeah. And was it worth the quid? Yeah, okay. Because all you're then talking about is generating your own cash and just being slower, which nobody wants. Because they always think it's a land grab. I never think it's a land grab. I think when you're good, abundance is always the answer. Yeah. Everybody always justifies to me like, no, no, Gary, you don't get it. This moment in my business right now, I'm like, yeah, cool. Yeah, okay. I'm like, it's never a moment, dick. There's always a moment. There's always an angle. Retail is changing, cool. Retail will change tomorrow. Like, there's always a fucking moment. Okay. You know? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> We're getting some um, companies approaching us on our agency side about doing like creative capital projects where we work with them and then we like, are essentially an investor because we've created the strategy in the early stage. Like, no financial exchange there, just like creative capital. So we're essentially could be. Um, when you say we, the company or you two individually? The company. So yeah. our, our agency. Our- I think that's. That's, you know, that's trading the special sauce yeah. for a percentage of the upside that you don't even even control after you're gone. Yeah. Don't love it. No. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't seem super compelling. Let me keep going with the question. What do you have? Yeah, question. Two question. Yeah, we have um, we are in one hundred three countries right now worldwide, and we have gone through a distribution model of distributors. Which have I see. Been, I understand. Uh, Go ahead. Which I think has reached its, its limit. Um, US for us has always been a, a problem. We have always failed in the US uh, through distributors. I decided to cancel distribution in the US and re-engage with our own distribution channels and our own distributor. So we are our own distributor. In Interesting. Um, and only focusing on one sport. Which one? Boxing. Mm-hmm. Because it's on the on the up, it's a retail, yep. it's a retail, and uh, and we can control it. If you go in all our sports, I understand. Too many uh, expenditure. And what are you guys doing direct to consumer in That's the U.S.? Question. I mean, we're going to uh, open our Shopify and focus on Amazon uh, right now. That's exactly right. We are. But right now we are building, rebuilding the brand, so I'm spending only money. Rebuilding Adidas Boxing? Yeah, basically. So we are sponsoring athletes, um, sponsoring charity events, trying to engage with the community. Um, question is, where should I put my, most of my, my... Facebook and Instagram and YouTube and podcasts and long tail influencers. So there's a trend obviously in the US right now in boxing around things like rumble, like pretty girls boxing, like you, like you getting, like you giving $3,000 to pretty girl with 900,000 followers on Instagram versus you giving it to Anthony Joshua or Wildner or fucking, you can't even imagine the delta. 
There's no up and coming. Even Oscar De La Hoya in his most up and coming moment, there is no boxer that even remotely comes close to the arbitrage of building brand that you'll get from four attractive people on Instagram. Right, you're just building brand. You just want attention. So influencers. Influencers at scale and original content at scale. Created and distributed on Facebook. What VaynerMedia does. <laughs> the problem we have that we discussed with, with is that we are heavily guarded by Adidas on our Facebook and Instagram. So we have to cooperate, and sometimes being to cooperate in boxing, for example, you lack authenticity. That's. Yep. <laughs> the difference is though. You've created this sandbox that you plant because you think it's what Adidas wants. If you blew it up and did something disruptive that looked completely different and then started precedent, new, you would reinvigorate the relationship. Right now, you're trying to create things that you think they'll say yes to, when in reality, you, you haven't approached it through a creative lens that doesn't look like how you've approached it. Or you put in all that effort to counter your point, which is right, mm-hmm. or you put in all that effort and they say no. Because Karen at corporate's like, no. Hence why it's not fun to be at the mercy of somebody else. True. That's it. Because you're right, but you're both right. I don't know, and Karen might say it's awesome. But you might not. Mm-hmm. But that is what you should do. And I think ultimately that's what's so great about entrepreneurship versus corporate. The reason a lot of small companies do win is they do what you should do. And big companies do what you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Speedboat versus a hundred percent. Hundred percent. We have a speedboat and But one more time, you are Adidas boxing in America? Yeah. For all intents and purposes? Yeah. So I think, to Nick's point, I think you have an upfront meeting where, with a plan be, that is really compelling. Like, you just, you, you have an upfront meeting of like, we need a meeting, and specifically about social media content in the US around Adidas Boxing. We want far more creative control, and let's just have a meeting to be aligned on what's yes and no, because we're, this is you now, we're playing under the zeitgeist of old rules, but we may not even know, and we know we want to go somewhere different, so let's have that meeting. Like, who's approving the content? Why well, that's the problem, I mean, do you have Adidas HQ? Has to approve the content you post on Facebook? Uh, uh, Instagram, mm-hmm. not Facebook. They don't give a shit about Facebook anymore. Good, then you should take advantage of it, because uh, that's the best thing that's going on, because Facebook ads for business have never been better, and the fact that people are walking away from it is great. Organic may not be better than ever, but ads are fucking amazing. And the layer of complexity that you have to report to Adidas USA as well. I know, man. So. I mean, VaynerMedia doesn't do anything I believe in. <laughs> I'm being dead serious. Clients have too much control. That's the game. That's the game. But that is what you should do. Patience. No, Facebook and Instagram and YouTube. (laughs) Content unlimited, contextual to the paid media distribution against it. Content unlimited to the paid distribution against it. That is the fucking statement. And nobody's doing it. And I'm, as a human, probably doing it the most out of any human, and I'm not even, not even remotely close to what I should be doing. I should be running 
Andy, how many pieces of content do you think I should, if you've been listening for the last three minutes, in this context, how many pieces of content should I be running as Instagram ad swipe up right now, you think? How many singular different pieces of content and then media plans against it? Infinity. That is exactly right. Mm-hmm. Actual infinity. <laughs> We're running how many fa- Instagram ads right now? Swipe ups? Right now. Zero, right one, yeah, right this second. Three. Three, we should be running 987,000. <laughs> no, no, I'm really, this is like real talk. There's three pieces of content that we're driving to, which is why I said three, but in those three pieces of content, there's 50 different ways that you could spice it. His keynote to Alabama football team, him saying, hey, college athletes, watch this, or hey, students of this college, watch this. Yeah, literally, I should be in studio right now and be like, LSU fans, watch this. Auburn fans, watch this. University of Michigan, watch it. Like literally, that's where this is gonna go. Which is why machine learning and AI and all these other things in content will play out over time. Because the level of scale, the problem with those things is you're gonna lose some authenticity. But maybe not because for example, if it's voiceover, if, if I have voiceover technology that can basically make me say anything because we have so much record, like there's a lot of reasons I do the things I do that I never talk about. Why am I in perpetuity being filmed? I believe we have an audio database now that can manipulate me saying anything. So now you can imagine I can have an intern make 478,000 college logos where you can hear my voice say, hey, UNLV running Rebels fans, you should watch this video, though I've never said it, but you can see where I'm going. It's very powerful. Well, ad fatigue doesn't happen in the way that I just played it out because I'm so contextual with that, you're only seeing it once. That's what he runs into. He has ad fatigue because he only has one to seven to 19 to 33 units. People are getting hit with the same stuff. It's fatigue, but if it was contextual in the first place of like, hey Garrett, hey Gennadzi, you were born in Belarus. We want you to play this game from the Ukraine. I'm like, oh shit, okay. It was so contextual. Not play the cat Neo Geo game. Like, you know, like. You don't, get fe- you don't get fatigue when you're contextual at scale. Mm-hmm. God forbid you actually get it mapped and you hit me with the seven things I give a fuck about, all contextual, now you can't not not get me. <laughs> if you were to just do one platform, if you had just one that you could do, would it be Instagram? Um, uh, I think it depends on the business. For you, I would, pro- I wouldn't, I would probably, uh, it's tough. I mean, I'm very bullish on Facebook because of its pure scale. Instagram's there too. Depends on, you know, I'm always thinking brand. So, you know, it's, it, it, it's like moments in time. Yeah. We're well, super focused on YouTube and Instagram. Makes sense. Like, Facebook really kind of neglecting Facebook, honestly. Huge mistake because if you run ads against your content, you'll destroy it on Facebook. All right, let's keep it going. Uh, Gary, quick question, quite specific. We've got um, a course called Switch, which is a video course, um, six module, takes you from like a, a life pivot through to an action plan. We designed it for individual. As an HR director, as I was designing it, I realized that it had an enterprise value as well. And for HR directors, CEOs, yep, going through big layoffs. Yep. We just signed up Oxfam as a partner who will use it as part of their outplacement. It brings... Love it. So, so, so my challenge is, um, 
I still want to sell to individuals. Yeah, you're B2B and B2C. Second, no different yeah, than him. Yeah, yeah. Two separate audiences, two different yeah. executions. Yeah, so in terms of um, B2B enterprise, using LinkedIn as the platform. And Facebook, because you can now target based on employees. So imagine running an ad. So you make a piece of content, video or picture. Now the copy says, Dear financial service employees, make sure your uh, chief people officer sees this. And you run it against the seven biggest financial employees of the seven biggest financial firms in the UK. And so now I'm a finance manager at Barclays, but I see them on my Facebook feed and I'm friends with the head of HR and I literally just forward the link. That's why it works. But notice what I did. Creative that is contextual to the distribution. I know that I'm going after employees of financial services, not just the HR individuals. Thus my copy said, hey employee, make sure your HR, do you see where I'm going? This is why copy is the great underestimated part of the current state of creative. We've become so visual, we grossly underestimate the copy. I'll be doing that. You and everybody else. Mm That's, if you notice, it's so subtle. Why has some of the content worked? Because I could figure out the copy to make it work for my audience even though the visual didn't support it as much as I wanted. That's why when, I'm, that's why when I post when I'm not tired and I'm fresh, it always does better because I'm unbelievably thoughtful of what I've just watched, the current feeling I have to my audience, the copy, that's why my copy has gotten progressively longer on Instagram if you follow me for a long time. All of a sudden I made that switch a year and a half ago. You know, but then I keep breaking it up. I just did something the other day with just one word and it worked. Like, you know, so I'm like really trying to, you know? Yeah, but, but with copy, that also is relevant to audio as well. Oh, well, audio is only copy. Yeah, so to, uh, I mean, Nick said yesterday, if I listen to your podcast loads, but that, that's copy that's taken from other stuff and then brought into that world, but you wouldn't know it. That's right, which is why it ended up working, right? And, and, and that's right. And it would be way better if I had time because I would record something original. Yeah. What, my podcast would explode if I had time and maybe I'm trying to convince myself right now to do it if I would record literally just a minute or two to set up what you're about to listen to because I could use the moment and time. Like on, you know, on Monday, I can use the zeitgeist. I can say something like, you know, uh, I'm trying to think about the world right now. Like the Jets are one and three, and I'm pissed. I'm talking about being pissed. That's going to matter to the audience because it feels fresh. Yeah, relevant to that. Bad news, Anton, did you have anything specific? Yes. So the 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 biggest struggle right now for me is user acquisition and yes. obtaining the the engaged users who especially off of the run that you've just had. Yeah. Because we've lived through a golden era of opportunity, yes. and some of it's getting corrected. Yes. Right now. <laughs> and uh, and we're all playing one big game of CAC and LTV. He's just playing it literal. Yeah. Cost of acquisition, yeah. lifetime value. It's true math, it's, it's, which is why you can get to a hundred. Because when it really works, you, can, you can't spend enough. Yes. You spend it all. It all pays back. <laughs> if you know the, the ROI. And what you'll love is, this will make sense to you, and this is probably where maybe I can take you to a place. Mm-hmm. That's basically what I'm doing as a brand in perpetuity. Because yes. I have no short-term metric. So I have actually two questions. One is influencers. Yes. We just started working with them. Yes. Especially for Pocket product, which is pretty small. 
in, in comparison with all the others. What the best strategy for our business to work with influencers? Your best strategy on influencers is just brand long tail arbitrage. They won't convert. Mm-hmm. Like even if they're like it will Don't you'll find you'll find people like you'll like like if I did an ad right now like hey Vayner Nation like straight up being authentic like let me play it out exactly hey Vayner Nation being authentic you know I never pitch anything but the fact of the matter is I love this wine app mm-hmm. like they're my homies I've known them for 13 years they're paying me 200,000 for this I want to be authentic with all of you but you fucking know me like I've never done this I'm doing this because this is the best wine app I've ever seen link is in my profile, you should download it, it would convert. What I just did would convert. Still not that great. Mm -hmm. Definitely not to what you would care about Mm -hmm. and I'm extremely rare. Thus you can imagine why I'm worried about influencers Mm -hmm. for people that are deep, deep quant based around gaming. Mm -hmm. Um, I like it better for fashion retail. Mm -hmm. I like it better for consumer packaged goods. I don't love it as much for gaming mm-hmm. because the natural influencer isn't there. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the fashion blogger gal, there's a billion of her. Like the food people, there's a billion of them. The I'm a casual gamer influencer doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. You're not gonna get esports people to convert. So you've got a, you've got a yeah. challenge, you see where I'm going? Yes. Sure. There's people you can do. Sure, some of them will work for math for you. None of them will work the second time. None of them. None of them. They don't have a second post in them. I think you need to look at Instagram story swipe up ads. Have you guys looked there? Yes, yes, absolutely. I would would spend, I think what you need to do is optimize creative. That's what I'm. Yeah, I saw you. That's your. Contextual. Contextual at scale. Yes. At scale. And building brand. And building brand. I think the two things that if I was, and I think you already picked up on it, I think you're here and I want you here. I want you to spend more money on brand, which will always work, Mm -hmm. and I want you to go way more long tail, contextual, creative, and paid. Mm -hmm. This worked. Yes. But it's starting not to, which is why this matters. Yes, that's where. That's it. And the, our market's pretty um, uh, funny, I would say. <laughs> so, funny is always an interesting adjective. <laughs> so we are doing social because you know there is no yeah. real money involved. So people spending real money, but they're buying tokens. And That's spending right. Spending tokens in the game. That's right. And the, the market is growing. Why it's growing? Because people stop flying to Vegas. They stop playing in the real casino. They stop. Um, paying thousands of dollars and start paying hundreds of dollars for the same emotions, the same dopamine. And the, 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 the only struggle is to where to find these people. And we, we tried the influencers who are filming themselves in the casino and I, 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 I had the big win and, and, and stuff, but it, it doesn't convert. So the Similar to what I was telling him, which is you're going, too many people go too literal when all you're trying to do is buy underpriced attention. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, so for example, I think you would do so much better with, you know, and this is for your business, and this is for your business. The person I'm most obsessed with is the alpha woman in a suburb. I'm obsessed with this woman. I really gotta, I'm gonna name her, maybe, maybe Sally. You know, like, um, I just am obsessed with the following woman. High net, specifically, because it's more, just very general. High net worth suburb of a big town, she's the alpha of her 39 friends. Because there's a million of her. And she's so influential. And if you can get 39 of them in a concentrated area, you can get the whole damn thing. Got it? So 55 plus, this is our... You know, and whether it's 28 or 55 or 72, there is a 
42-year-old woman who is the alpha of her neighborhood, which means 19 other women look up to her. She says, they say, they're also influential, boom. And it will work for a lot of people. There was a term in American politics called soccer moms. It was during, I don't know if it was Clinton or, or Bush or Al Gore, but it was like, it was categorizing like the swing of this election is soccer moms, which is really in a lot of ways what I'm referring to now. The influential suburban woman. How she voted and how she impacted the vote. I think that person right now is extremely relevant to me. Here's why I love it. All of them are on Instagram. Here's why I like it more. They all have between 700 and 7,000 fans, which means nobody's paying attention. It's not fun because it's long tail and it's a lot of hand-to-hand combat, but what you end up realizing is you hire three people to do the hand-to-hand combat at 45,000 a year, hand-to-hand combat, DM, 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 but when you when you amortize out the cost of 150,000 on salary, it's what I'm doing right now. I have three full-time employees right now DMing with me CC'd on it to every single person that follows me that either has 100,000 followers on Instagram or is verified, which right now is, tw- what, how many people do we have left, Andy? 6,000 or 12,000? 12 is the total. So like, so right now in my, right now I'm being CC'd with influencers where they're being sent to fill out a form to create a first party CRM for me to be able to activate them. Like God, I I haven't had, like God forbid whatever I choose to activate them on, it's going to be really good. (laughs) It's gonna be really good. The best part for me is I have leverage with them. Unlike you going or you going cold. These are people that follow me that I've probably brought value to. So like, a, whatever I ask is gonna convert at least the first one. You know, I have to find my cadence of com- not asking too much, but it's gonna work. Building that out, scaling the unscalable is always the answer once you hit yes. attrition. And it's super countercultural to people that are quant-oriented. Mm-hmm. I'll get to it. When you talk about personal branding, are you talking about like the company brand or my own personal brand? You, the or? human. Because okay. you, the human, then has in perpetuity the leverage and all of a sudden the platforms are, are courting you, not you, the platforms. Okay. Gary, if you've got three parts, I do. I do, um, do you all have to have a profile, do you think, or is it, or is that Well, I, I would say that you need to both, go, you both have to do the same move, which is you need to go to your partner and be like, look, I went to go see Gary Vee, I believe this is right for our business, I would love for you to do it as well, I don't want to do this and you think I'm trying to do something for me and not you, and you know, and I'd love for you to do it. And you may or may not want to do it, um, but I'm doing it because I think it's leverage. It's leverage for our business, but it's leverage for me in case of who knows what. You should do it too. They'll be like, well, you're a fucking extrovert, I'm introverted, this bullshit, like, or they'll be like, cool, you do it, or oh, yeah, I'll do it too, or like, there's a million things that will happen. In my case, I've yep. obviously got my personal brand around this kind of tech market and the software product, yep. which I need to build up for yep. this reason. On the on my personal side, I'm like a recovered addict, and I've got like that's amazing. autism and stuff like that. I would put it all. I would put it all in one place. Okay. And nobody wants to, and it's where all the action is. I always is. get worried that the one will damage the other. Brother, I have good news for you. Anybody who doesn't do business with you because you were a former addict yeah. also has somebody who's gonna do business with you because you're a former yeah. addict. And I kind of, I think I'm It's a net, net score, now, of course, and take, I get it. Um, and everybody's got their version of it. Yeah, yeah. Everybody. Yeah. <clears throat> the only reason not to build a personal brand right now, for real, 
is if you're doing something terrible in the shadows of society. <laughs> no, really. Like, like, no, I'm serious. If you're, if you're, if you're, if you're, if you're cheating on your husband, if you're, if you've raped somebody, if you've stole money, like, the only reason to not build a personal brand today is if you are currently doing something bad. Yeah. Because as you get awareness, you'll get exposed. What, what yeah. about that mental state though? Because I've, I was doing my masters and I had to put something out in public domain. So I put my findings in video because it was easier and put it on YouTube, it's easier than writing for me. So I did that and some of the feedback I was getting was, oh, it cut me deep. <laughs> and I, I said then, I was like, I don't think I'm going to do this again. I get Is it. Is that just ego or? Yep, insecurity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but. It's value, it's, va- it's valuing other people's opinions more than your mission. See, but in real life, in real life, if someone said that to me, I'd be like. It's not true. Yeah. Because that is real. Yeah. No, it's not true. It is real life. I'm like, ah, see, one, on a one-to-one basis, if someone said that to me, I could discuss with them and I'd feel comfortable. I understand. I discuss with I understand. them about why it is and what You can discuss with them too. If you go look at my first book, Crush It, there's a ton of negative reviews and then you'll read me replying to that person. <laughs> You're more than welcome to reply. You can discuss with them. It's real life. <laughs> you could reply to their reply and everybody gets to see it which shows humility, confidence, empathy. It's a powerful trait. I love feeding my trolls. I think you should feed the trolls. People tell you to ignore them. I don't, because if you ignore them, then you can become delusional and get high on your own supply. I love the negative feedback, because it keeps me, not in check, because most of negative feedback is an exposure of their insecurity. If somebody takes the time in their life to consume your content, and then leave negative feedback, they're in a really bad place. I have nor the time to consume anybody else's content or the interest in making somebody feel bad. (laughs) That's the punchline. So I think it's, I would tell you it's a strength. Yeah, okay, thanks. First of all, it's the truth. Second of all, it's nothing to be ashamed of. Third of all, it's inspirational. Fourth of all, there's other former addicts who are decision makers who are gonna support you yeah. in a tie. I think a lot of it came from as well. In the past, I've kind of made one brand on Instagram and then another one on LinkedIn and all that shit where now I need to centralize the whole brand. Everybody's list. been trying to be full of shit. Yeah, like, yeah. Okay. it's just not gonna work. Okay. There's nowhere to hide. Yeah. So back in terms of like actual business things, so how much would you, is there a number you say people should spend in terms of percentage of revenue on, on brand and, and mm-hmm. marketing? What do you think that looks like? As much as they can afford. Just as much as you can, okay. Mm-hmm. Literally, I mean it. As much as you can afford on brand. It is the, it's the most ownable thing. Yeah. Do you think there's gonna be a play where, like I talked about earlier, the right now today people's conferences, events, webinars, and stuff like that, whereas I think now, because there's a younger generation coming through into senior management positions, there's potentially gonna be this play around maybe Instagram or some of the other, or even maybe the video content on LinkedIn, but something different, like people in my space, you don't scroll on LinkedIn and see a funny video or a cool video about our product doing Yes, like you do. Stuff. Yes, you do. Nobody's yeah. doing it, and every time somebody does it, it works. Exactly, and that's kind of. People are humans. Yeah. People are people. Just because they're in LinkedIn, like it's because they're not being fed it. Yeah. Guys, I'm one of the fastest-growing accounts on LinkedIn in the world. 
I'm cursing my ass off and every, like, the, go read my comments on LinkedIn. Half of them are people mad at me for cursing. <laughs> I struggle with that because that's, like, I swear a lot in my, anyway, but then I don't put out a video on LinkedIn of that because it's a professional platform and it's kind of like, again, where do I tie that line across yeah. who I really am? Yeah, listen, listen, by the way, meanwhile, I just said that, meanwhile, I just told D-Rock and Andy, go, literally, literally, this is so crazy, so meta. Guys, I want somebody on the team to go look at the 50 best performing videos of my career and I want you to beep out the curse words so we can distribute those because you've got to respect the context of the platform yeah, yeah. but I'm not scared. Like literally I'm gonna do both. Literally I'm gonna post on LinkedIn the fuck you and fuck that and fuck this and then the same thing like a week later of like beep, 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 beep. <laughs> like, cause they both work. You know how many people don't work with VaynerMedia because I'm Gary Vee? A ton. Do you know how many people do? A ton. Yeah. Gotta let the chips fall. It, in your uniqueness is your strength. <laughs> yeah. The more you vanilla down, the more you're like, oh, you're that guy. Yeah. Oh, suit and tie and good school and you're a professional and like, okay, cool. You know, like people are running away from their leverage because they're trying to be like everybody else. Good. Last question, I think. Um, so my the type of business we're in, we, we win quite a lot. We manage that thing where, like, right now, we, you know, we close up this year on double last year, for example. But next year, we'd like to double again. It could be half. Um, Do I just sink all the money in and throw the chips on the table, roll the dice, I guess? And I think it comes down to spending less money on dumb shit. Yeah. And dumb shit, a lot of times in the early days, is your own salary. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I got some dumb shit I've got. The biggest mis- the biggest mis- the biggest mis- the biggest mistake the biggest mistake small businesses make. If your company is doing less than ten million dollars a year and you're the sole proprietor, the biggest mistake is extracting the money out and buying dumb shit. Yeah, so we stopped that. So like, like in year one, I actually thought we were going to take out all the money every year. I was going to have loads of fucking stuff. Right. right. But yeah. already, because I brought the CFO in to stop me, and he straight away he's like, "This is can't be a lifestyle business. This all this money needs to go back into." growth and stuff so I think we've I've turned that corner mentally now where I'm not going to have everything today listening to you is going to be in like 5 or 10 or 50 years so cool cool thank you yeah so we touched on earlier about um, Shopify versus Amazon you have to do both mm-hmm. aggressively yeah so the reason we decided Amazon in the short term is I know why yeah because we don't have the budget you have to, to do both get people to our website to let them know about Shopify. you still have to have it in your DNA I don't care if anybody I don't care if nobody buys a single thing from you I need you to have it in your DNA because Amazon will put you out of business yeah you will get sucked into Amazon and you will die so, so a big focus on Shopify, and then what was this revealed earlier? A huge focus on all three. Your own DTC, Amazon, and retail, all three fronts, you have to play. And you have to play them like this, because I know you don't have unlimited resources. You have to play them like, like this. Do you understand? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Moments in time, never, ever, I didn't say what most people do. You understand? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to, or you will lose, that's right. But you saw how I did it, right? It wasn't like, it, I also didn't say, right? The first example is the example. You know, the first example is the example. Got it? And if you're not committed to all those three, you will lose. I believe you will lose. I believe you will lose because the other two have too much leverage. Mm-hmm. And then a company of our size. Yes. How do we work with VaynerMedia or 
I was just telling Nick this morning, I'm trying to really think about starting a company under VaynerX built for SMBs. Because VaynerMedia is not built for it. Beta is, Mentors is, like we have versions of it, but their nuance is part of a bigger machine. I think they need to be a separate machine built for, and so I'm spending a lot of time on it. But there's another way, look, listen, I think one thing you'll appreciate, I don't need anybody here to work with Vayner, like maybe we help you hire somebody. Maybe Robbie Deeks, who's here, and is really the e-com guy of our team, maybe he just gets a drink with you and Nick will set that up. So like we're, you know, of course we'd love to, but like I'd rather help you interview somebody for 45K that could be your Shopify, Amazon uh, expert internally. Like I'm not. You know, I'm not, that's not something I'm super worried about. But I'm unbelievably worried about you not being deeply religious about retail, Amazon, and Shopify equally, period. And then going back to, um, we're at a stage now where we need to raise money. Yes. So you raise money for two ways. Can I tell you how I think you should raise money? Yeah. From high net individuals, high net worth individuals who don't want to say a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody is going VC. How do you get them? VC, uh, you network. You network, you know, you just live life. You take a step back. First of all, you have to recognize that's the right move. Strategy. Mm-hmm. Now that I've said it, now you go, okay, how do I do that? Okay, I could join a country club. You could. Uh, my uncle's rich. Let me ask him and his friends. Uh, my mate from university was employee number four at Instagram. Uh, got it. Yeah. And what's your views on raising money versus equity versus debt? Um, I think it comes down to the individual. I, look, I think the number one thing in the current state, the new VC that took away from being a bank is high net worth individuals who don't want to say anything. Let me give you the perfect person. Trust fund baby, Barry. Trust fund baby Barry to me is the number one person. He's 29, his granddaddy did it all. He's super insecure because all he's done is hook up with chicks in Ibiza. (laughs) But he wants to make pretend that he's done something. So where does trust fund baby Barry go? Investing. What does trust fund Barry want to possibly invest in? Something cool that is super up his alley because all the pretty girls like that kind of stuff and he gets to say that he's the investor of it. Trust fund baby Barry does not want to go to meetings and look at Excel sheets. He just wants to be on a boat in Mykonos saying, oh, I'm the investor in that corn shit. (laughs) Trust fund baby Barry is your number one target. And And 100,000 pounds to him is like what he spends on sneakers in a week. (laughs) And he has no context for money. I'm a tough high net worth individual because I came from zero and it all means a lot to me. Though I spend it like a trust fund baby, I get mad at you when you lose. He won't even remember because the ROI was just being able to say that he was an investor. I suppose to put yourself in environments where you can meet these barriers. That's correct. Yeah. That's right. And it could be through networking or it could be going to cool places. Yeah, yeah. It, it just can. Like I, I, This is where I love strategy. If you're telling me you're an entrepreneur and you don't have a lot of money and I make fun of the Hamptons and Ibiza and Mykonos, but if you told me I'm spending $4,000 to go to a music festival in Ibiza strictly <laughs> to find six trust fund, now I'm like, you're smart. You know what I mean? So it's all strategy. Yeah. Entrepreneur that goes there to like, goes to the Hamptons to take a fucking photo on a swan because it's cool, 
I hate that person because they literally did it just to be cool and they're enjoying their lives while they're losing money each month on the back of VC's money. Going to Mykonos to get four people to write you a $250,000 check because they're insecure and they need to make pretend they're doing something with their lives, that's really interesting. I said, why did you need to raise money for playing the media? I didn't. I, uh, my brother wanted money. I want to buy the Jets. Steve Ross owns the Dolphins. Offered me money at a very high valuation that allowed me to extract money out so my brother could get some money. Okay. Um, and um, I didn't. It was the worst business deal I ever did. Oh, so in hindsight, you would have done it? Of course I would. Oh, you? And I, it was just not a good financial deal. Oh, yeah. But it was the deal that I needed to do for checking two boxes. One, getting into the NFL family early and getting that fraternity to really accept me in 39 years because I've been around. Because just like Adias, like, it's so funny, I just know what the game is, which is even if I make $7 billion, which I will because that's on me, they may vote me out. And I'm a character. I'm going to be very public to get there. So I need them to like me, not hate me. Mark Cuban doesn't own the Cubs for one reason. The other business baseball owners didn't want him in. Mark Cuban should own the Cubs right now. He made a bid, he had the money, and they kept him out. The numbering guy. Mm-hmm. So I made the deal because I know what I'm doing with my life. Macro strategy, right? Kill two birds with one stone. My brother got money, I got a valuation that was way higher than an agency mm-hmm. or a VC would have given me, so it felt a little better on a bad deal because I knew exactly what was happening and what I was gonna do. Uh, Ross is the best. He's an 80-year-old version of me. Best mensch, super nice guy, doesn't give a fuck, pure entrepreneur, like doesn't want to talk about anything in detail. It's all macro, macro, macro. Everything's fucking, will kill everybody. There's nothing to talk about. There's no detail. Does he like corn? We've got like two minutes here and I want to snag a group photo before you have to run. Okay. Can I get my... Uh, yes, go ahead. Well, I just wanted What to... is my next thing? Uh, right Alan? Uh, yeah. No, the, the whole lunch thing. The what? Lunch. The lunch with uh, the newcomers. Oh shit, okay, yeah. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, thank you. Firstly, it's been awesome, so thanks so much. Every time I've ever done any followed your advice, it's always worked really well. Um, in regards to personal brand, I'm really excited. By the way, on that note, because it's important, there's a single reason why I'm winning. I've only given advice I've lived through. It is the best way to go about it if you decide to build your brand in any way. Yeah. Don't reach. Mm-hmm. Don't assume or guess or borrow. I know nothing about what anybody else says. I know nothing. Like you'd be blown away by how much is the, I've, I've never consumed anything of anybody. Just always give advice you've lived. That's why people get benefit from it. You've already seen it work. And then when you get good and realize what you're unique about so that you can hedge it, because I'm like, oh, I'm extroverted. So this won't work for an introvert. Or I'm high risk. This, like, and then you get better at the way you give it because you start nuancing it. Yeah. Go yeah. ahead. So in regards to personal brand, I'm really quite excited about the uh, yes. challenge yes. I'm gonna do next yes. month. I've got a lot of people really excited about it. I've no idea how I'm gonna document it. Um, I don't know whether I'm gonna do it as like vlog style or make more of a professional documentary with, with Nick. I'm just trying to do both. Yeah. Get Nick uh, a Rick, have two different films, like <laughs> people, and like make both. Mm. Have him post-produce a documentary yeah. and have Rick do the vlog. Okay. 
and do it and do it twice. Yeah. Would you put it out there live as I'm going, or would you do it later or both? <laughs> I think you can do both, man. Yeah. I think what you'll need to do for the documentary or the thing that's a longer production is find an angle that isn't being played out in day-to-day and vlog so that it makes the core group want to watch that as yeah. well. Yeah. It needs to be a behind the scenes maybe. Yeah. Maybe, right? Maybe you're the, maybe you're Gary V on the vlog, but Gary Vaynerchuk in the documentary. Yeah, sure. Like the documentary of me, you even I've given you a lot of glimpse to it here. Like all of you are like, oh shit. Yeah. Right? The smartest of you in this room are like, oh wait a minute. Yeah. Like it's way more serious than I actually thought. Yeah. Because I've given you four or five data points to like show you. I'm like showing you a little like, yeah. got it? You might be able to do that. Yeah. You might be able to star in the vlog mm-hmm. and be and be the master mind behind it. Yes. In the doc. That, that's awesome. And what you can do in the doc then is also say, and look, let's not forget, I did come with my knowledge. Yeah, 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 yeah. I started at zero. Like, yeah. I can start at zero and win every time too because I've got the IP. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the difference. Okay. Love that. Like, without you acknowledging that, yeah. it undermines your entire premise. Yeah. Like, cool, you start at zero. You fucking have 10 years of experience. You knew exactly what to look for. Yeah. That's why I can't do it. I'm kitchen mom Susan. I don't know shit about 10 years of experience. Yeah. It could also be a launching pad for you to put out free content of the nuances of the sure. 10 years. Sure, okay. See where I'm going? I love that. Really, really, really yeah, go ahead. question, if you don't mind. Yeah, no, no, uh, no. I want my videographer. Yes. Would you be able to give a shout out to my followers? Sure, no problem. Um, we'll do it right now when we do the group photo. Thank you so much. Cool. <laughs> Cool. Hey guys, first and foremost, as always, humbled, thankful for you listening to the podcast. Keep hitting me up on Twitter with feedback. Also, um, really excited about something. Over the last several months, it's become uh, very clear to me that the 4Ds product that VaynerMedia has, the one-day consulting session that's $10,000, that's really... T- kind of going after a business doing a million, maybe 500,000 to 20 million a year in revenue has been really working. We 60 to 70% of the businesses have had ridiculous uh, ROI from the session. And so now I'm rolling it out because it clearly works. So VaynerMedia is uh, super proud to present uh, uh, the four Ds, uh, the daily digital deep dive, garyvee.com slash four D the number 4D podcast, GaryVEE.com, 4D podcast, if you're ready to take your business to the next level.